So um, I'm going to preach on that passage. Jess has just completely expounded to you. And he's given all the kids chocolate and new chocolate, so you feel you feel a little energy energy? Can we stand briefly? Stand. Just make us transition. Father, just re- recognize. Recognize the truth that is always in your word. Father, sometimes that truth is almost like a buried. And sometimes it hits us in the face, like John, even though he didn't. Father, I just pray this afternoon, as we stand for this now, Father, give you permission by the Spirit. If we need that almost self-evident truth that's coming now to hit us in the face, then Father, give you permission. But we want to be a people obedient to you. We don't want to be bystanders in the kingdom. We don't want to be those who uh, somehow box the air and don't take stuff seriously. Father, we give ourselves to be your people, whatever that takes and whatever that means. And now, Father, for the next 15 minutes, we give you permission to speak to us. Just do it so.
And so they were used to seeing athletes in training. They were used to the whole other thing about athletics that, that we get pumped up for and pumped up for every four years for the Olympics or every five years or six years or seven years, depending on how COVID lands next summer. And, and, and that's a, it is the analogy, and that's a very simple metaphor. It's a very really lovely, straightforward metaphor. He says, look, you see these guys training for the races, the athletes, they, they, they take training seriously. If they're running in, the, in whatever it is, the, I don't know, it's the 500 cubit disc throw, whatever they did in those games, I don't know what those events were. They're taking training very seriously. And, and we, we know that. We see athletes in our, our day. We know some, I guess, who, for whom it comes with a lifetime thing uh, in that training. And Paul uses that metaphor, that picture of athletes training in the days there to win. In those days, the prize was simply a laurel wreath. It was, you know, people made of a rebel laurel, is it? A plant or a tree? I don't know. Green stuff. Yes. Uh, and that's what they got. That was their, that was their prize. And of course, it, it faded. It wasn't a permanent thing. Um, you get a gold medal. They got this award, which was Paul says. It doesn't last. But he says, us as Christians, as God, as Jesus followers, we are in training, we're running this race for an eternal prize. The prize of the last one. And so God says, but now get serious about this. Get serious about what it means to follow Jesus. And in a way he is saying, I think, follow my example. Because he's, you know, he has done it. But he's encouraging uh, there's guys in the Christian become quite new Christians to be serious about what it is to follow Jesus, to be a Jesus follower. Now we know that fundamentally what that about, the, the start point, what it happens to make you become a Christian is to, in your heart to say, I believe in Jesus. There's a commitment point for us where we follow Jesus. However we get to that point, however it takes us, at some point rather, we have faith in Jesus. We come to the point where we commit ourselves. Say, Lord, you're true. I trust you. I want to follow you. And that, and that's where we have become a Christian. And, and the fact we are forgiven and we become God's people is because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross. There's nothing I can do to earn God's favor in one sense. It's just a gift. Amen? Amen. The gospel is that he's done it. Jesus has done it. But it's not as if we become Christians and then sort of sit back and wait for heaven. Quite, quite the contrary. Also, now you know Jesus, guys, because you're inviting the Christians who know Jesus, who are jarred and saved. But he's saying to them, come on. Let's do it Now, there's an interesting word between uh, verse 27. We do the statue. Can I still work here or not? It's all over. I'm just having it. got things on it. Okay. Verse 27. No, I've got my body making my slave, so after I have preached that I was, it's okay, don't worry. However, I would like my Bible's sake to fix the structure of it. Oh, good lad. Thank you. Uh, no, after I preached others, I myself will not be destroyed by your authority. And the word disqualified there, I think you can, you can get this wrong. I worry that sometimes you'll read this verse and think that somehow, what we're saying, you've got to work hard to get God's approval. There's a danger always in this sort of gospel of works things where, where some people never be good enough, they never quite do things properly. 
And that is not the truth. The truth is that my salvation is entirely dependent on the finished work of Jesus. All I do is obey myself and die. All I do is put myself in a place where I accept that. That forgiveness. And, and that, that gospel truth is so important. But there is a truth beyond that, in the sense that now having to know Jesus and being saved, and being made alive in the Spirit, and being open, the Spirit dwelling in me, I now want to live in the truth of that. I want to live that out in a way that pleases Him. And I want to live to please my own self, but I want to live to please Jesus. It's all that matters, it should be. And the link in that word, the word that the Greeks use for disqualified, is sort of the same root word as Paul's used already in chapter 3. And we'll turn back to Corinthians 3, verse 13. 13. And he's got a similar model there I want to use for a bit. And there he's talking about uh, his work as a, as a minister of Jesus and us as Christians. And he says, look, it's like building. He says, you can either build with materials that last. I'll cut quote it. If any man builds on this foundation with gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown what it is, because the day will bring it to life. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what is built survives, he will receive his reward. If it's burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one through flames. So he's saying there that what we do for God, although we don't become forgiven, we don't become into the kingdom by doing stuff, what's really the kingdom? Oh, yes, we do stuff. And he's encouraging us to build stuff that's going to last. That means, as the race model that Laurie had, hearing what God says and going, well, look, doing things out of revelation of God. Using, doing things in the power of the Spirit. Not building stuff in our own strength, but building stuff in His strength to get that. So I don't build like you know, any other person in the world would. I build using God's resources in line with His Spirit. Now, to illustrate this, he has to form his house. And I've made a house. I, I, my house, as I said some before, is rather proud of my model. I made out different materials. <laughs> oh, that's a good response. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I made this model, and I made this model out of uh, materials of Rohan. I couldn't find any precious stones. I wanted to put my wife's rings in it, but that wouldn't have gone down well. Uh, so I've got cardboard and wood. Do you like my copper roof? Yeah. There's one point the parish said, we've got a copper roof like this, but nothing too expensive. But this is my copper roof. No? Yeah, okay. Oh, I trust you. Now, what I'd like to do, because Laurie mentioned earlier about experimental stuff and how I've set by this afternoon that we're doing uh, change two variables. Now, I'd like the experiment stuff to see if you've heard this, what was it like? I'd like someone to test the experiment. Guys, this is really children. What is going to burn? What's going to survive? What's going to burn first? What's going to burn first? What's going to burn second? What's going to survive? Right. So I'd like to go and test it, really, because I'm into the experiment business. And so many here, there's paper and matches. And if you'd like to go burn, I'm not. Colin's going to end if you are in primary school, if you are like uh, under 11, then under, do follow Colin uh, as he goes. 
As you go to the front, there goes the five bit. So a little further until you come back, off you go. Form a group around the car, keep the rest of those gem. You're going to keep stage three and you're going to go gem, you're very welcome to. Remember the rules here. If you're an adult, you're going to go with the one you can stay separate from the other rules. Okay? And John, where's John? John's going is my um, safety. <laughs> The scalp of technology. Okay, guys, you've got about 15 minutes, so come up if you want to, but love you. Say bye. Thanks a little. Bye. Hey, it's good guns. You see, I think both those things, both those pictures are saying the same thing. And when I read this passage, I mean, with one sentence I said, very obvious. When he says Christians do not run aimlessly, Take it seriously. You're running a race. This life is like a race. And I'm running it for Jesus, but the prize is going to be It's pretty obvious what the things are that we need to do. They're not rocket science to come. What are the disciplined things that we need to do to make sure we're training? If you're training for athletics, you have to do, I don't know, you have to eat the right food, you have to go on training runs and presumably do stretching and stuff. I mean, there'll be a program for what it is to be a, a, a modern athlete. What are the things you do to train as a Christian? Tell out loud, shout out to them, you know this stuff. Read the Bible, so come on, to start with, read the Bible. It's not rocket science. One of the disciplines that's important to us, and I'm sure Paul would directly say it was here, Look, he, people in this day didn't have this. We have it now unbelievably available for us. But just got to do it. I mean, reading the Bible will not make you a Christian. Well, it might make you not Christian. Once you're a Christian, it's not meant to. But it's so important as a discipline for us to, to do this thing properly. What's the other one we want to do? Pray. You, you see, you know this stuff. Okay, do not. Say this out loud. But take 30 seconds. And don't get guilty about this. Just say, Lord, and you speak to me about how often and when and how I do those two things. Time I set aside for that. And time I set aside for the But I want to say this. There are people here who spend more time training for whatever let athletics they do than they do in prayer for the Bible. And I don't want to in any way make you feel a difficult sermon this I'm glad I gave it to me. I don't want to make you feel guilty because there's no guilt. God loves you and has forgiven you. But I do want to challenge you and myself. Because what is? Because the text doesn't. He says, do not run aimlessly. And of course, praying is also about listening, isn't it? And hearing. Brilliant little testimony from David and Eliza, from Eliza, about that thing. She must say, I was talking out, and I just said something. I thought, woo, that's not like something. I'll, I'll, I'll claim that. Is that probably because Eliza's got a question? Yeah. Okay. Oh, you did that. <laughs> that probably right? Yeah. What, what, what did you say? Breakthrough meeting. Break, yeah, breakthrough meeting. And she saw that was progressive. I think, you know, Bible reading, 
prayer, absolutely. But also just being open, just walking through life and seeing what God's doing. And there's something about just taking those opportunities and seeing them and working in that context of it as spiritual life in Christ. And the boxing metaphor uh, he uses about, about not beating the air, you know, actually, <laughs> I have uh, never really trained to do boxing. Has anyone here actually done martial arts or boxing? Here you go. Uh, I can't come too close because of the COVID things, but am I right in saying you train in boxing, you actually hit you? Do you actually get hit? Does it hurt? <laughs> Just convince me I'm not going to do any boxing today. <laughs> I think the boxing is because actually, you see, in a way, to train to be good at boxing, you're going to have to take some hits, aren't you? Yeah. You'll have to get hit. I mean, I guess there are people who enjoy being hit. But largely, and actually, training for athletics is sort of the same. It has, a, it has a cost, it may be hard work. You get up in the early morning and you pour in the rain, you've got to go out and run. But it's not going to be necessarily that easy. But Paul's using the picture of these athletes that the Corinthians saw trained in their town over two years for these games and saying, Look, I'm not going to lose. I'm in this. In this game, in this race, he, he's, he's a Christian, he's lost Jesus, so he's in the race. But he's got to run the race. But why is it determined? And he's going to take it absolutely seriously. Not run it, he's determined himself. The phrase he's used actually, the uh, verse 9, when he picked up the slate, what he was not. My fingers are rather cold, I can't turn the pages. That's 9, again, we go. Uh, verse 27, I beat my body. Beat my body, and make it my slave. The phrase there literally means, I leave my body in slavery behind me. Somehow, he's saying that the, the, the part of me is alive in, in Jesus. The spiritual part of me, the new me, the new man, the new creation. That's so important. But I leave my body and his needs and requirements in slavery to life. And so often, I know I end up leading my spiritual self in slavery to my physical needs and comforts and requirements. And then you go too far. Um, there's nothing virtuous in being uncomfortable or cold or anything else, but there is a time when we need to be so determined to follow Jesus and what that costs that our physical needs become secondary to us. And we need our body in slavery to life. Now, wherever we are, guys, at the moment, I, as I say, I don't want to cheat to death with the old trip at all. But I think the song that's God is telling us, as a church, as a community, man up. Get some of this stuff right. God is absolutely loves you on your side. You're amazingly blessed. But, don't run honestly. But come to land with one more minute. Let's stand up for a minute. I think we're going to worship my kind of what we're doing. What we're doing to that.
Could I read the verses again that Paul's doing there? As a prayer. So guys, you don't know that in a race all you have run, but anyone gets the prize. Run in such a way to get the prize. That's how I am, Jesus. We want to run as Christian ones, align with you, so as to get your your work done at the end here. Everyone competes in all these games in the world, goes to strict training. We do get a crown that will not last, but we do get a crown that will last at the final investment. Thank you. But we are your people, it's safe. But we know our place in you. Thank you, Father, for that crown of benefits. Therefore, I do not belong to any man like this. Do not fight like a man beating me. No. I beat my body and I leave you my body in slavery. So after I preach to others, I myself am disqualified in that crown of my place. Father, we know where we are this morning. I believe so. We know we are something. As your spirit prompts us, Lord God, we commit ourselves to be. People who will do those basic discipline things so that we can train ourselves to be an army, to be a to be athletes, to be to be amazing athletes in your kingdom. We can do what we're supposed to do. If I was to wear the army, so much is changing in our world. If I want to wear it over the last uh, eight months of this weird time, some of my my shapes of some of the disciplines I have all the part of it. We mentioned worship. We connect ourselves to be together in worship. To make it a gap in my heart. To be with the people. To hear your voice. To speak it out into real world situations. Because you are God who do everything. 